I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert, and my pronouns are also he and him. And, and this, this is Grizzly Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with James Charles. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95 and they offer great customer service. I should know. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that? (laughs) Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry. And Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm now considering a divorce. Hey! To get started, head over to WarbyPorkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Wait, wait, wait. Warby Porker? That's a very different website. I was projecting. Very different. I mean, I project in all directions. Give them them that link one more time. So sorry. To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Warby Parker, modern eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Porker. You'll regret it. Almost forgot to come out of the booth on that one. Oh. (laughs) Welcome. Hello. Hello. Welcome back. How art thou? I'm well. Yeah. That's kind of just generally... I don't know. You're usually not a person of such few words. I'm just good. <laughs> I'm well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you and good night. This like has been another podcast. You're standing at the top of a mountain and you just, you like, you get to, you go to the edge to, you know, acknowledge your, your people and you're like, I'm well. Thank you. I have people at the top of a mountain? No, they're at the bottom of the mountain. You're addressing oh. them from the top of your mountain. And then do I like jump off? Nope. Nope. Oh. Nope. Okay. Nope, but we're not we're not starting there. Nope. D- depends on my age. Nope. What? Nope. No, no. You, you took it there though. <sighs> the listeners don't know what we're talking about. They and will you later. probably just triggered a bunch of people. Yikes. Um I'm I apologize for that. Um I'm not even laughing about it because I don't think it's funny. And I'm serious, I don't think it's funny. Oh. Well then it's not funny. Um can we can we catch up? Yeah. <laughs> Can we catch up, maybe, before you start triggering people, please? Uh, um, what's up with you? Nothing much. We nothing at see, all. No, I mean, well, we went to see Lizzo this week, which was fun. But that's the next. That's, the next, that's, that's the next thing that we're going to talk about. We're oh, catching up, right? You oh. and I are catching up. So let's start over then. No, we're not starting over. No. no. I mean, I really have nothing to report. I've been. What like, have you been doing? I've been working. I great. Mean, yeah, which is great. It's kind of like. I can't talk about a lot of it, but it's like fine. You're not allowed to talk about your job? I don't think so. Well, not about the stuff that we're working on. Cause like, oh, well, don't go into yeah. specifics, but like, but, um, how's it been? It's been great. Everybody's wonderful and nice. Um, 
I got a fancy new computer at work, which is great. Yum. Um, which I did not know how to use, so I felt very old. Yay. Um, it's a new, like, well, I don't, yeah, I guess they're new. They're just from this year. These, like, the, the MacBook Pros that have the little, like, touch bar mm-hmm. at the top of the keyboard, like, totally threw me. Sounds so confusing. I love it. It was, shut up, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I like buttons. I'm still getting used to this new iPhone. So you know. I I regularly refer to uh, 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 to your chagrin. I regularly refer to you as grandma whenever mm-hmm. you try and use the remote or connect your phone. Are you you're pretty good at connecting your phone to a Bluetooth device, mm-hmm. but uh, when it when it comes to to you know managing the remote when we're just watching television, we have so many of them. <sighs> Yeah, and it's always like on your side or in your hand, so I, you know. Because when I give it to you, you start experimenting, and we end up watching all of the commercials, <laughs> and it's um, it's just not fun for me. What? It's not fun for me. Um, My commercial. What have I been up to? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I have been um okay so I decided I have a really old pair of black old navy jeans and I decided I wanted to fade them and didn't realize the uh instructions for fading jeans are different if you are fading a pair of blue jeans uh versus a pair of black jeans and the instructions I was following were for blue jeans and I was wondering why my jeans were turning brown and I didn't understand that there's like more pigment in black jeans Because, like, I don't know how anything works. There's, like, every color in black, basically. Ah, okay. Yeah. I feel like that would be fun if you saw all the colors, like, one by one. But I feel like there's only, like, four, you you know? It was, like, a gobstopper, like, one layer. Or a a jawbreaker where, like, when you... When you lick them? Yeah, when you lick (laughs) them. Or, like, you know... Anyway. Anyway. It's, like, layers. Right. So, I have been trying to bleach or lighten these jeans uh, and... um, so far, it's unsuccessful, but it's fine. They're still here. It's a look. It's definitely a look. They just, they look really rusty right they now. They look that like marble, I, I don't know what you call it, but like that marbleized denim from like the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, that's so I don't not even know really what, they, what I was going for. It, but... uh, like almost tie-dye looking. Yeah. But, but it, like acid blurry. wash, was that what, what it was called? Yeah, but it was, I mean, I don't know if acid wash is just like plain white or whatever, but you know how it just. They looked um, like white noise. That like that's what like right. on, a, on a TV screen. So, right. I feel like that's what I'm gonna have to end mm-hmm. up doing with these because I feel like I've bleached them a little too far. But um, you know, my Bob Vila moment with these black jeans is 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 gonna be short lived. I think. Very dedicated to them. I don't know about that. I I think I I think I was trying to like hand fade them. And then I gave up for a couple days, and then came back to them one day when I had nothing mm-hmm. else to do, and that was kind of that. So poor things. Yeah, learning experience. Um, let's talk about Lizzo. Yes, it was fun. What I could see of it. Wow. <laughs> so you're gonna go right to that spot, huh? It just so this Tuesday uh, we went to see Lizzo with Ari Kiki. Well, it'll be a week ago by the time this oh, yeah, comes out. Yeah, week ago. Look at that. A week ago, um, Tuesday, we went to see Lizzo with Ari Kiki at Radio City. Um, she was amazing. A powerhouse. I love Ari. So She's fun. amazing. What a great performer. N- w- yes. <laughs> Sorry. Lizzo. 
Lizzo was amazing. Was all those things. Um, and then some. Wow. What are you? You have a hard time with that. We're in the middle of a conversation and you'll shift to talking about someone else after referencing a person. And I'm just like, where are you going? Because you should just know it's in my mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I had a really good time. Again, I enjoyed what I was able to see. So Daniel had a uh, like precocious person in front of him who decided to stand the entire show, even though everyone around her was seated. And um, yeah, he couldn't see the show. There were several moments where I offered to switch seats with you and Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to victim blame, but I'm just saying I have, uh, I have less of an issue of standing at a concert and dealing with whoever is behind me. I know it's shitty, but I would have dealt with whoever Mm -hmm. was behind me because clearly it was like a it was a literal domino effect of like this person standing and then you sat behind her and you couldn't see the show. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and the know. two women behind me were like trying to see, you know, like past her or like around her. But it wasn't just that she was standing. She then decided to like put her hands like at her midsection and like fan out. Yeah. And it was like I was fully judging her. I was because the fully thing was, if I her, stood, then the two people behind me wouldn't be able to see, so that felt rude, right? You know, um, you know what else was interesting? I mean, that was terrible. And like I said, next time we're at a concert and I say switch places with me, switch, and yeah. it'll be fine. I mean, I got like, to get a, a few glimpses. You know, you deserve like, to watch one of these concerts one of these days. You know, one of them because yeah. I feel like you end up behind the person who is like. Oh, my yeah. arms are, are 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 too short to mm-hmm. touch the ceiling, but let me try. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever, like whatever it is, they're always yeah. blocking your view. Um, the other thing I thought was interesting is, so um, Ari and I were seated behind this couple where the husband or boyfriend or whatever was clearly dragged to the show, mm-hmm. which is surprising to me with, uh, with how much success and notoriety Lizzo has gotten over the past year. Um, but I really enjoyed, so when she performed lingerie, he sort of like straightened up and was like, you could see in his body language that he was like, oh, I'm going to take this person seriously now because listen to this song that is very clearly inspired by Prince. And it just, it sounded like lingerie is not really my favorite song, but there's a power to it that when you hear it live, you can, it's like Prince is there, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that was interesting and, um, and you forgot about the uh, the roller coaster oh. effect. Oh, I was going to get there because that was the. <laughs> so we were seated in the second mezzanine. Yep. And this is important because I didn't know that this happened there. And we were bouncing, like quite literally bouncing. As soon as people stood up and were like, like moving. So the... everyone around us was standing for yeah. the show. And for some reason, Ari and I just happened to be seated behind the two people who sat for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. They stood for, um, they stood for truth hurts and they stood for juice, which mm-hmm. we, I had planned to stand for those well, two songs yeah. as well. Um, so, but yeah, and, and I'm not talking about a vibration, you know, of like people stomping on the floor. It was like you sitting down, you could see your, like you could you saw that you were going up and down a little bit and it felt even worse. It was a very disconcerting moment. And I thought I was crazy until I looked across you, Robert, and saw Ari clutching her pearls and looking at me like, Oh, you feel it too. It was very disturbing. Um, 
Yeah. Ari during was not fun. During certain parts of the show she was trying to record uh Lizzo performing and her she could not hold her camera steady because of all of the vibrations that were happening around us. And it literally did feel like um I guess if you've ever um if you've ever been underneath a bridge while like a truck is driving over it that that sense of like vibration that happens when when you feel a car drive above mm-hmm. you that's what it felt like yeah. but we were like we were it, it felt like we were in a wave pool yeah it was, it was it very was odd really really bad i mean i i've never been one or in a, or been in a situation where i've like been very conscious of how to escape if there were a like a disaster oh yeah but on more than one occasion i looked back and i was like okay we're right by the door how like if I start feeling this thing crack, how quickly could I grab my stuff or not and run up the stairs to the door before it like starts to go? Like well, it was that level. I feel like if you because we were on the aisle, if you felt it crack, you would have just told me and we would have gotten up and left mm-hmm. and that would have been that. Yeah. And no one I mean, probably wouldn't have told anybody, which is terrible. But anyway, well, if they see us running, they know. <sighs> I don't know that we would have ran. I would have just been like, let's calmly grab our shit and get the fuck out of here. Mm. Um, that's terrible, but we should probably warn someone. If we're ever in a situation like that, we should warn some people. Yeah. Um, I just, I felt like <laughs> the three terrible. of us were the only ones who were concerned or could feel it because nobody else was like. I feel like we were the only ones who could feel it and it made me wonder if they had recently renovated the seating mm. uh, in the, the mezzanine area um, because it was quite roomy. Roomier than than you'd expect yeah, for a, a venue as old as Radio City mm-hmm. Music Hall, uh, but also I feel like that that's like a structural issue for like the row of seats, not necessarily the um, like the floor. Whatever. And I kept saying, I said to Ari, and I said it to you, uh, this building is super old. And if nothing else has torn it down, whatever's happening in here tonight is definitely not going to do it. So we'll be fine. Uh, so yeah, but it was a great show, and I really hope. Um, I hope that there's like a, a like a filmed version of mm-hmm. it because it was so good. It was just so good. Yeah. Like and yes, Lizzo was amazing, of course. But can we talk about Ari Lennox for just like thirty oh, seconds? She was great. Like I've I heard hope you play her music, but I didn't really know much about her. Right. Her voice live is like there aren't words. It's just she is such a powerhouse with her vocals, and I hope that if Ari Lennox opening for Gri- for Lizzo. Where is my brain today? If Ari Lennox opening for Lizzo means uh, that there is even like the tiniest fraction of like what what Lizzo has seen in terms of uh, like like recognition and notoriety and all of that stuff, I because Ari deserves it. I'm not saying that Lizzo doesn't deserve it. I think Lizzo also has an amazing voice, and I would love for them to collaborate. Ooh, but um, I just I feel like. Ari Lennox needs to have that moment because she's very um, she reminded me a lot of um, LMA who kind of had like a thing for a second over the summer and then it went away. I really hope that they get Ari Lennox on SNL this season. I think Mm. that would be really great. Yeah. So I guess we'll have to stay tuned and see. Yeah, it'd be fun to see what happens. Yes. Um, I also changed my hair color this week, which was a big deal for me. That was fun. Yes. And um. The reason it was a big deal for me, I, f- I feel like we should talk about that a little bit more. Um, so I realized, so I have been wanting to go blonde for years. And uh, I realized this week, the reason I haven't done it is because I feel like I can pass if I don't have some kind of 
uh, like crazy hair color mm. or not crazy, but like uh, like a, a bright or um, unique hair Eye color. Catching. Eye catching. There you go. Um, so I have stuck to like quieter hair colors. You know, if I do dye my hair, it's usually like a blue black or something. And mind you, for those people who know me, I know I don't pass. I understand that. But my brain has not caught up to the visual, <laughs> you know? Um, so you told me that I was like, eh? yeah, I, I don't, I, it's a reflex. Mm-hmm. It's a full reflex from when I was a child of, you know, people telling me to butch up and, and all this stuff. So anyway, I figured out that by bleaching my hair, I was going to basically throw the, uh, the possibility or the, the, um, the, like any, my, my security blanket of like mm-hmm. maybe passing if I wanted to, um, <laughs> out the window. And I realized that I need to do that more often. I need to make myself a little bit more uncomfortable in terms of being visibly queer, uh, when it comes to that stuff, because I feel like I will grow as a person if I am not constantly living in the safety of, of this, th- like not just the safety of being able to pass, but also living in fear of being, uh, like, attacked or whatever because of mm-hmm. uh, like a perceived thing um obviously if i feel like or if i i can i can tell that something is happening i should make smart decisions based on that but that's never the case i'm always just like on the bus and somebody gives me a funny look and i'm like oh fuck i'm so glad that i wore my passing clothes today and it's like no that person probably just has a very stern face i have no idea you know like it's just it's stuff i've made up in my head so mm-hmm. um but i'm enjoying my new hair color and I want to give a shout out to Johnny from that spooky, uh, which is a podcast that does uh, like a more his- historical look at mm-hmm. scary stuff. Um, they talk about like serial killers and uh, supernatural things and all that stuff. Um, so, uh, but Johnny has really awesome uh, like uh, hair that requires uh, bleaching and then a color. Yeah. And so, um, he just happened to comment on our Instagram story and I was like, no, this was meant to be. Your hair looks amazing. Like, give me your, all of your pointers. And so he sent me a whole yeah. like his instructions instruction were thing. Perfect. Yeah. It made it possible for me to bleach your hair without it falling out. Yes. Which was a very big concern of mine because I'm like, I cannot be responsible for my husband's hair falling out. Um, so yeah. it was, it was really good to have those instructions. We used uh, a manic panic, uh, I think it's called the lightning flash kit, which is great. So if you're going to bleach your hair buy this because it's, um, it's pretty foolproof. Yeah. Um, and it was fun to learn something new. I mean, I looked at it as a craft project, albeit I was a little uneasy because it was on a living person, right. but, um, it was really fun. Like checking in and seeing your hair get like lighter and lighter. It's um, it's funny because so we were watching American Horror Story while bleaching my hair mm-hmm. and I was nervous that something on the screen was going to make you jump and you were go- you were just going to like pour the bleach <laughs> all over my face. Um, so there were there was a moment where I was like, should I pause this? No, because Daniel is a very like he reacts with his body when something scares mm-hmm. him. So, um, yeah, but the great thing was this was a paste. So unlike, you know, other hair dyes, um, that aren't as strong as this, you know, they like drip or whatever. And that's what I was worried about, but it was nice. It was a very easy process, I think. Um, and I'm, I'm excited to do it to you again because I want to like play and like we can. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, so originally I, I lit, like I was a, a blonde for 24 hours. If you saw it on my, on our uh, Instagram story, that's what I looked like. 
and uh, and I kind of miss it, but I also really love the like the gray color that we ended up going with. It's sort of like turning green a little bit, mm-hmm. which I thought I was gonna hate because I was I was concerned about that, and I kind of like it. I also like that it's sort of a different color depending on how the light catches mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it definitely has like a shimmer. Um, it does look silver, which is nice. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it did it did its thing. Yeah. Um, next time I want to do the whole head, and I'm also considering doing my beard. So yes. there's that. Um, before we go to break, um, I just thought it was funny. I was reading, um, I was reading like my articles and stuff on the interwebs. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was an update from, uh, do you remember the guy who had the, he, the he got Berlin. injected, the guy from mm-hmm. Berlin who got injected with something by a nurse mm-hmm. and he ended up having a boner for like two weeks. or three weeks. Yeah. Um, well, he was released from the hospital. They ended up putting a stint that they took from his leg in his penis. And uh, it seems like there's a possibility that he will be able to um, regain uh, full full usage of his penis, yeah. um, and as of when his as of when he was sent home from the hospital, his boner had gone down about fifty percent, which shows you how strong all of these uh, all of this medicine and stuff is. Mm-hmm. So, like, don't play with it. You know, yeah. like it's funny to me, and not that this matters, but like there was no mention of his. I think his fiance or his boyfriend until that until like, the follow update. up. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, right. I would have been pissed. Like again, open relationships, like, you know, your rules are, are set by the couple or whatever, but it's right. like, right. Please don't go and like, you know, have your dick injected with something like yeah. that is the, you know, no, that's a lot. That's a lot. I'm still, I'm still like flabbergasted by that story because. It's just like you, you could, you had a Viagra. You could have still had fun. Like, why? Yeah. I, you know? I don't know. Bad judgment. I don't understand it. But then again, I've never, I've never needed to take Viagra. So, yeah. You know, so I don't think he needed to either. Actually, it was like right. for fun. I don't know. Just the whole thing still is just really, um, it just, it's so asinine. Like, yeah. it's so silly, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Um, well, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about DragCon, and we're going to talk about Drag Eula. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi. It's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back. And uh, we realized that we hadn't talked about our DragCon experience on the show this year. Um, We worked Jiggly's booth at DragCon in New York City. And this year was very, like, calm and sort of quiet compared to most years. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that? It, it definitely seemed overall like there were less girls there. Um, yeah. Like, like mm-hmm. less Drag Race girls. Yeah. Uh, and I would dare say that the number of vendors outnumbered at least the Drag Race girls. 
I would hmm. say because it okay. just seemed like it there there it was fun and it was nice that it was calm because there wasn't so much of that like scramble for attention from the queens from like uh, uh con goers or whatever um so like you could get you know from one end of the convention center to the other quite easily this year <laughs> it okay. wasn't like mobbed right. um but it felt a bit low energy i would say overall yeah i also didn't realize um i I mean i don't know uh how much validity there is to this but uh we were neighbors with willem Mm -hmm. and the the um employees of the javits center were surprised because they knew who he was and they were surprised at his placement uh on the convention floor and so i don't know if maybe we were just like in a shitty location or what um but uh i don't know I don't know. It's just it was a very quiet con this year, yeah. and um, I feel like we all needed that. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a nice um, kind of. I don't know. It's odd to say that drag con was relaxing, but it was like well, more relaxing than previous years. Yes, but it was still it was still a convention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Um. So I guess not much to report back from DragCon. No, I mean, other than that, Mariah is a treasure. Yeah. Like, because we got to interact with her quite a bit. Um this drag con and she is just she's act she's so nice and is so damn funny but is really quiet like about it it's all very yeah. um like she's very stealthy with it because she will only say it to those like that are like within earshot of her or even like you know who aren't y- y- you know it's all very like quiet she's not a very loud funny person i i if that makes any sense she reminds me of that aunt who will sit next to you and comment about family members that are seated like far 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 away mm-hmm. to where they can't hear what you're saying but you can see them well enough that you're like oh we're talking mm-hmm. about them but they don't tell you who they're talking about you just kind of put it together based on all of the details that are being given out mm-hmm. uh but it's sort of quiet and like not very uh like aggressive it's just like little tiny jabs mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, I had a, a very good time sitting next to her mm-hmm. when we had lunch one of the days um, and it was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. I will always remember yeah. that moment. <laughs> helping uh, helping Jiggly get ready while Mariah was getting ready was just it was very funny because the two of them like they have no they're just no boundaries. And it's very interesting. The like things that they throw back and forth. Yeah. It's uh, it's fun to watch. I have to say. Yeah, they, um, yeah. <laughs> they, they have a social yeah. friendship, those two. They do. Um, uh, do we want to, so we promised that we would do one minute Dragula reviews, and then we didn't really have the opportunity to do them for a while. Um, so we've got, uh, what, four episodes to catch up? Yeah. Five. No, four. No, four. Four You're of right. them. Yeah, because I, I thought we had done episode two, but we hadn't. No, we didn't. Um... I don't know that we really need to... Well, we first do. of all, I don't know that we really need to time it, but we can just quickly go through the, the highlights of the episodes that we didn't review yet. Yeah. Um, how about uh, episode two, which is the, the vampire-themed episode? Um, I That was the episode where I fell in love with Landon Sider. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what excellent uh, like showmanship and uh, performance style... Yeah. Uh, attention to detail all of it it's um and i'm i am convinced that landon is going to win the whole thing yeah 
And what a way to reference their Hispanic heritage, which is like a surprise to me. And now I can very clearly see and hear it every time they're on screen. Because it's like right. one of those things where it's very faint, but you're like, oh, that speech pattern and that hint of an accent. And I, I don't know. I just, um, I, I don't know. I just get very excited when I see Hispanic people on TV or find out somebody's Hispanic. And it didn't used to be that way. Like, it was definitely in my 30s when I started being excited about there being more people that I shared, a, like, a heritage with, like, around. At, but, um, but what a way to use that terrible fan that they're, like, given mm-hmm. to create a, uh, a trumpet, I guess, is what it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the way he did it was that he put flexible tubing behind the fan and loaded it with glitter. Yeah. And then just blew it. And I just thought, like, what... Like, like you said, it's showmanship, showmanship, it's craftsmanship. Um, and their original idea was to have a, an accordion that would bleed when they, Ooh. yeah, when, when, when they played it on yeah. stage. But I love the idea of a mariachi, uh, vampire. Yeah. It's great. That was awesome. Um, yeah. And we also, uh, we lost, uh, Yovska on that episode. No, we didn't. We did not. That was the following episode. Oh, darn. Whoops. I skipped ahead. Uh, we lost St. Lucia on that episode. St. We don't need to talk about no. that. Let's move on to the next. Okay. I'm, I'm saying let's talk about the stuff that we were okay. excited about, um, I guess. So episode three was the punk rock um, episode. Who was your, like, what stood out This silly little episode where we were treated to the, the same bad song twice. Uh, it really was Well, no, they song. did it once, but, you know, it was two different groups. Mm-hmm. Um, this was also the episode with the Needles. Oh my God. The pulling of the needles that was like all kinds of wrong. I don't know. I don't understand why you as a person who is into placing needles in your face would agree to allow a person who doesn't know the first thing about it to remove them from your face. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's not good for anyone, but it's especially not good for you, the person with the needles in your face, right? Especially if the other, if the person that you're asking to pull them out of your face is not comfortable doing it. Like, that's the other thing, too, is that Madeline was really Well, she didn't say anything. She did. She did, actually, before they did. And she's like, it'll be fine. I'll tell you when to do it. And, you know, we'll we'll be fine. She said, work, and then I'll come lick the blood off your face. And that's when I was like, all right, this is too much. Um, but, um, yeah, this challenge is not a good one. I don't know why they think that they need to repeat it. Uh, but I am very disappointed that we lost Yavska on that episode. I was really, really excited to see what she was doing because I thought that her drag was like a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Especially when it comes to, like, when it comes to spooky drag, if the drag is actually scary, like Yavska's or Hollow Eve's mm-hmm. drag, like, if, if the drag is actually scary, then it's like, it's worth paying attention to yeah. i think yeah and their drag is amazing so. it's just so terrifying and i don't know it's like a scary child's toy right um and then um so the week after that was the dungeons and dragons challenge i love that episode which was like a peak like peak nerd i liked the way they handled it yeah I really did like the way they handled it. It felt like an episode of Xena. Um, <laughs> and yeah, um, I don't remember much else. I really enjoyed Eva's outfit. Yeah. Or Eva's Eva's uh, character that she created mm-hmm. for the, the whole thing. Um, and 
I, I can't really remember. I mean, it was, you know, I, I know nothing about Dungeons and Dragons. So I, I, I know that they were like assigned a race and a class and that's how they built their looks. But I is that what that is? Yeah. I guess everybody has like you're part of a specific like race. So goblin or fairy. Oh, or whatever. OK, OK, OK. And then, Got it. And then you have a ranking within your your group. Um, oh, and do you think that they stayed? Because I know that there's, there are certain characters that outrank other ones, and the ones that can't kill other ones. Do you think they stayed true to that, or uh, you got me? All I know is I was like, oh, okay, I get this like race and and like class thing that they're doing. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I will say I think Madeline is being a little ridiculous, and this was the episode where it, where it, like it fully blossomed. Her like uh, whatever that thing was that she was carrying was. Insane. That's not even what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the fact that she freaked out about the extermination challenge, which was probably the simplest oh, yeah. and and most like silly extermination challenge they've had on the show so far. Um, she had such a problem with food being thrown at her. Who cares? Who cares? It's, it's like a food fight. Yeah. It's just, you know, you get to hurl insults at each other or at, at your whatever at the rest of the contestants while they're throwing food at you and not that i was a big fan of maxi glamour but i feel like i expected them to send her home send madeline home because of how of 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 all of the attention she had mm-hmm. on herself about having food thrown at her i thought yeah. it was silly yeah it was uh, that mask it was that mask that mask mask <laughs> yeah maxi's mask and dahlia's mask really like yeah it 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 affected how they were able to relate to the mm-hmm. other characters. And that was just, it was time to go. Yeah. Episode five, which was the trash queen couture look challenge was probably one of my favorites so far. It was really good. I really enjoyed getting to know Priscilla chambers a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I thought that she was, I, I loved how skilled she was at like, um, I guess trash drag is the best way that you can describe it. But mm-hmm. for um, for those who don't really know what that means, uh, they had to paint with Sharpies. Sharpies make their outfits out of garbage. Well, right. But know? but the, the, the making your outfit, the unconventional challenge element in terms of making your look, that's something that I feel like most drag queens should know how to do. Mm. The part about painting with Sharpies, you got me because I wouldn't know the first thing. I love that Priscilla knew, like you said, and taught people how to like blend and contour like amazing it was skillful they all seem to kind of help one another in that respect like yeah oh well why don't you try doing it this way or that way and you know that was a a very interesting um i think bit of teamwork that i i think that she kind of kicked off by you know being willing to like i don't know give some advice about something so that was nice to see right um and this was also the episode where hollow eve gave a few different soliloquies about stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there was also the argument between her. I don't even know if it was an argument, but the thing between uh, them and uh, Priscilla Chambers. Oh yeah. When Priscilla was talking yeah. to Madeline about how, like, I guess for Priscilla, the, like the, the term trash queen or whatever they used is triggering for her because she uh, had just like gotten sober before coming on the show or, or right. something like that. So right. it's something that she'd been struggling with for a long time and she called herself a trash queen. And so for that, I, I, I think it was something that was really hard for her to... Well, it wasn't that. It was the fact that she's having this conversation with Madeline where well, she's that's the pouring her yeah. heart out. Yeah. 
and uh, Hollow starts laughing about something completely unrelated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Hollow starts laughing and it takes the attention off of Priscilla. So it was just a silly argument between the two of them. I'm glad that they were able to smooth things over. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't know. The other thing I don't understand is, so we're introduced to the idea that Hollow saves their tampons mm-hmm. in the freezer. And then we have this episode where Hollow makes a dress out of uh, tampons and maxi pads, mm-hmm. right? Why Why didn't you use the... Why, I, th- I mm-hmm. assumed that the tampons were being saved for a particular... Yeah. Cra- like a project. She said it was for part of... Uh, they, they said it was for their art. Right. So... And I loved what they made. I thought it was really interesting and... I thought it was fucking cool. It was really cool to use, you know, like feminine hygiene products that are used, to, you know, to shame women, basically. And and they're putting them on their body as like a, a look and a good look at that. Um, I Almost like really, armor because it yeah. was a, it was like a corset. Yeah, they, they, they like quilted the maxi pads yeah. and, and created channels and just... Created um um like two buns made of tampons. I mean, it was really crafty and but also well executed. Um, and I agree with the judges that that below their waist it did look unfinished because right. something that elaborate, right? Like maybe something else. But the soliloquy that they gave when they were criticized about you know like maybe not finishing it or it not being um actually I don't even think that they said anything about it just looking too pristine actually no they didn't it well this triggered them to go into this like it just this thing about uh being you know being an artist and having a vision and I won't compromise my vision. And it was just, it was too much. Like for what was being, for the the criticism that was being offered, it was way too much, I thought. And and the thing is, it's like they make it very clear when, when, um, I sound like Tony now, the tall one, Um, when Drakmorta does that, you know, when she delivers that like disclaimer at the beginning mm -hmm. of every critique. I actually think that that's very important because I do think that they hold true to that. Yeah. And we've seen that now, you know, the third season. If anything, they are very true to that, that they are critiquing the performance and execution that they've seen that night. They're not, they don't say anything about their drag as a whole or anything, which I really think is lacking in other competitions competitions sure okay? mm-hmm. um it doesn't it doesn't feel personal <laughs> no, it never feels no. personal okay um no although i i questioned the the taste level of the the boules occasionally occasionally with occasionally. Who, they, who they picked to win but the well the, with like, some of the judging okay. because there was the the episode in yavska went home it was just like oh you're dressed in purple why that's it that was literally all the criticism they mm-hmm. offered her which doesn't make sense. Yeah. Give me a little bit more. You have four. There are four adults sitting behind a, a table offering criticism and they've all walked in the shoes of these other drag queens. Mm-hmm. Give them some good criticism. Let them know. Let them know where they can improve. Yeah. And I feel like that's lacking sometimes. Yeah. Maybe sometimes. But the thing is that all all they asked was, so it's a little unfinished. Yeah. And it just... N- and and the thing is, I get I get where where Halloween is coming from because they are a performance artist. They're professionally trained. You know, they they really put their heart and soul into what they do. But learn to make the distinction <laughs> between right. a criticism of your drag and a question. Right. It was a question. It you know yeah it did kind of look unfinished because there was nothing on the bottom. But like again, right. comes a soliloquy, and it's just like 
again, we're having a moment where they're just delivering a, a, a speech for the sake of delivering a speech. Right. There's no growth happening because of it or right, right. enlightening. It, it, I don't know. It was just kind of It was just a little odd. Yeah. Um, that being said, so Hollow went home on that episode and I'm disappointed because I was really rooting for Hollow as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I was sort of, so I know that this doesn't say much about anything, but I was sort of rooting for, I'm rooting for, I was rooting for Hollow and Landon because I feel like having them in the competition, first of all, clearly their artistry speaks for itself, Absolutely. right? Um, so there's that, but also I'm, I'm hoping that by having the visibility of having an AFAB queen and having a drag king in the competition that some of the other competitions will, you know, pull out their binoculars and look over the hedge and be like, Oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. They have a drag king on that show and the drag king is doing really well. Maybe we need to rethink some stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, I just, I, that was my hope. And I think that the strong showing that Hollow had on the show should create that sort of uh, conversation yeah. among other competitions. I hope so too. I think it's very important. Yeah. Or, you know, the, the other competition shows double down and are like, well, look, they accept you in Dragula. Go apply there. I, I mean, that's probably what's going to happen. Not, if, not to um, be a, you know, a party you know, pooper. F- certain award uh, speeches or whatever are to, not speeches. Certain answers to questions at award shows are anything to uh, to go by. Anyway, um, <laughs> do you think so? That was actually going to be my my question <sighs> to you. So Landon is still in the competition and mm-hmm. very very a very strong competitor. I sort of feel like the rest of the competition is going to be Landon and Eva fighting to be in the top. Right? Yeah. So do you think that Landon winning this competition means that we will see drag kings in other televised competitions? I would love to say yes, because, or I would love to believe that, Uh but I I don't know. Right. I don't know. I I don't, I don't really, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, forget about the TV show. I I don't even trust a lot of kind of the 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 landscape of drag at the moment Mm. with stuff like that because i feel like it's it's a lot of the let's be accepting we're accepting yes 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 oh you're great you're this but where's the proof should we where are the flyers including performers of every you know um uh gender Gender identity identity and expression Yeah. yeah it's not there like what's actually happening and 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 going on and the people that are being booked don't reflect the the sound bites that people, even within the community, are providing. But maybe I'm completely off base. Mm. I just wonder. I, I wonder about it because it seems like it. It no longer has to do with uh, the uh, like the the host's personal feelings about it. I feel like it, there's something else. You know? Do you do you feel like that at all? That it ha- it has it has less to do with. Uh, with like a personal opinion and more to do with maybe something, uh, something coming from like the production from side of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably. probably anyway, I, I just, know. I wonder, I wonder I sometimes, know. especially, um, yeah, especially given, given some of the criticism that's been happening and, uh, how there's a lack of, um, I don't know. There's just a, a lack of any, any change, any, um, 
anyway, I think I think we need to fire the gardener is what I'm saying, mm-hmm. um, because the landscape is looking funny. So maybe we should hire a new gardener. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, mm. Let's take a break. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> let's take a break and um, we'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back. And first up is Keto Corner. Uh, we haven't had a keto corner in a while. We haven't. Oh. Okay. So, less of a recipe, more of just like a thing that I tried and I love it. So, I used to make this breakfast bake, which is essentially a giant frittata. Uh, it also has biscuit mix, like, worked into it. And it used to be a thing that I would make on Christmas Day mm-hmm. as like a decadent breakfast and whatever. I've started making it every day and I've, I turned it like I keto fied it by changing the flour that's in it and uh, removing some of the other ingredients. And it's great. It's amazing. Then we got this waffle maker and I was like, you know, what will be interesting is if I put the batter for this gigantic frittata that I usually make in the waffle maker and see what happens. And I ended up with this really delicious, savory potato pancake almost. Without any potato. Oh, it's so good. Like, (laughs) I can't tell you. I was talking to one of my coworkers about it, and I was telling her how um, you're always like, oh, you you go through so much, like, labor to make these pancakes. I'm sorry, waffles. Where am I? Um, You go through so much labor to make these waffles, you could just pour the batter into a bowl and stick it in the oven and be done with Mm -hmm. it. And then um, I made you try them, and I was like, "That's why they are they are good. They're very good. Yeah, they're very good. They're they're way better than uh, what I would end up with if I put them in the oven like I used to. So um, I should probably make a video or something about those. There, it's not my recipe. That's the thing. I pulled it off of all recipes, and I yeah. basically just subbed out regular flour for almond flour. I mean, but you could link to the recipe and just say what you're doing with it. All right, I'll link the recipe in the description yeah. box. I mean, and then the, all the alterations, but, well. There aren't that many alterations. No. Um, I basically, the, the original recipe calls for mushrooms. I replace them with spinach. Mm-hmm. Simple. Yeah. That's that. It's very tasty. Um, the um, other we- thing that we did is, so DragCon weekend, I knew we weren't going to have time mm-hmm. to be making breakfast. So what I did was I made a bunch of waffles on Friday And then we would, my plan was like, we'll just reheat them before we have to leave. And then we have a quick breakfast we can eat in the car on the way there. And then I woke up Saturday morning and I was like, you know what would be even better than that? Is if we made uh, like sausage, egg and cheese sandwiches and then used the waffles as bread. So good. And like, just amazing. Like the best thing. We, um, 
we had to we were waiting for jiggly somewhere and i took a bite out of the sandwich and i was like oh my god this is so good like i almost just like laid out on the floor there it was and just really finished yummy. it and also because i think yeah, i pre-syruped mine yeah sorry you're fine um i pre-syruped mine so it tasted like a mcgriddle which is mm. quite nice that was the goal yeah it's yeah. very yummy that was um, I've also taken that waffle recipe and made um, eggnog pancakes, which are a lot of fun. Ooh, yeah. I just I added a ton of rum to the recipe, and since it's already liquidy, what's great is that you end up with a um, a fluffier uh, waffle, and it tastes like eggnog. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, and I um I used it as like a piece of toast this morning because mm-hmm. it was like one solo pancake. Uh, pancake. What is wrong with me? It was one waffle. Left. It's because it's a pancake recipe. I know. That's why. I know. Um, I know. We're also forgetting to mention the amazing um, cauliflower mac and cheese that you made. This oh past my god! Week, which we just finished today. It was very sad. So I have been wanting to make a cauliflower. This is a recipe that I can post because it is mine. Mm-hmm. It is all capital M I N E. Um, so. I have been wanting to make a uh, like a mac and cheese dupe using uh, cauliflower uh, florets instead of mac mac. What's wrong with me? Instead of macaroni. <laughs> and so I have tried several different recipes that essentially just make like cauliflower with a runny like cheese thing on it. And I don't like your typical craft mac and cheese. I don't like a stovetop mac and cheese. I want a baked mac and cheese. So I figured, what if I take my breakfast bake recipe and I alter it slightly and I turn it into a mac and cheese recipe? And that's exactly what I did. And it was amazing. And I will be sharing the recipe somehow with you all. Look in the description box. It's probably there. Um, But it's so good and so easy. Like just really, really like simple to make um in comparison to uh like the the my usual mac and cheese recipe is actually patty labelle's recipe which is rather laborious because you have to boil the macaroni and then you essentially have to create the um the the stuff that you pour over the macaroni when you pull it put it in the oven um and then there's just like there's there's more to it i usually brown uh some um what is this called? Yeah, I, I take some cornbread and I crumble it and I, I brown it in some butter and, and pour it into the mac and cheese and then also use it as a topping. Um, but I didn't do that this time and it was still really good. It was amazing. It was so. just like cheesy because I thought it was going to be a bit eggy. So did I. But I was it wasn't about like it, it. It's yeah, it's just delicious. At, like cheesy and gooey. Um and the cauliflower has a similar texture to the macaroni because it's a little, I don't know, like it, it has a little bite to it, but it's not overly hard. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, since we're done with that, why don't we talk about I'm so excited. I'm so This week's I'm So Excited is going to be rather long because we haven't had one in a couple mm-hmm. weeks and we have a lot of stuff that we're excited about. Do you want to talk about the first thing? Yes. So our friend Bowen Yang uh, debuted this weekend um, on SNL as their first Asian cast member ever. Yes. And we were so happy to see him cast and... 
for his uh, humor to be able to be shared with millions of people yeah across uh, the world it was just amazing i'm sure i mean if uh, you probably only haven't heard of this if you've been living under a rock mm-hmm. but like bowen is super funny super super funny um he was very heavily featured on this first episode yeah. which i'm really happy about uh but i'm also excited to see more of him mm-hmm. and for the world to see what he can do. I just, I can't, I, I can't, he can show it better than I can mm-hmm. explain it. So um, stay tuned to SNL. Um, yeah. And you'll, you'll see, you'll see the greatness. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> um, next on our list is the movie ready or not, which we went to see, what was it? Two weeks ago. Something like that. Yeah. Amazing. So fun. The movie was so much fun. I still am having like I think about it regularly regularly now. And I I'm like I want to watch it again. Yeah, I would totally it's, it's watch a perfect it again. balance of horror and comedy and camp and like all the good things of a horror movie, but also just like a, a black comedy, I think is actually how it's uh marketed. Um but I had just so much fun watching it. Yeah. It was amazing. Um, to give the plot, like the summary, a summary of the plot without giving anything away. Essentially, uh, this couple gets married and then, and the, um, the groom is part of a family of, um, board game, like a board game family. Yeah. Um, like that's where their money comes that's from. That's where their money comes from. Yeah. Exactly. And so they have this ritual where they play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, the night that some someone new joins the family, um, and so there's more to it, but you know, I don't want to give anything away. So, yeah. uh, the other movie we watched, <laughs> um, we finally got to watch Midsummer, which, wow, um, wow, I mean, so good. I liked it better than Hereditary, and I've read. That people are saying that uh, Midsummer was like the flop after the opus that was Hereditary, which I don't understand. Maybe like financially it was a flop, possibly. I don't know. I just I don't see how I really don't see how uh, I mean, I, I think they're pretty even in terms of like movies. Um, one is different. Like I uh, to me, yeah. we actually just rewatched Hereditary after watching Midsummer, and I would say the tone of Hereditary, simply because most of the movie takes place in almost complete darkness, uh, the tone is is a definitely a much more somber tone mm-hmm. to Hereditary, whereas Midsummer, which is also a horror movie, is in full light, full blinding light, mm-hmm. practically the whole movie. So, um, and again, I guess if I could give away, not give away, if I could sum up the plot without giving anything away, uh, it's like a group of, this, uh, this group of friends decides to go to Europe and one of the guys doesn't want to break up with his girlfriend. So he brings her and, you know, hilarity ensues. Um, and that's not even a good summary of the plot, actually, now that I think about no. it. But I don't want to give anything away because there's something – I mean, it, be be aware that, like, there is trauma that happens within the first 15 minutes of the movie. I feel like it was helpful to know that when we went into it, so I'm letting you guys know that. I still so. wasn't ready. Yeah. I'm still – like, I'm, the reason I'm being so silent is this because, like, this movie was just, like, a lot. Like, I'm I'm still yeah. not, like, recovered from watching it. It just – it it was – um. It, it, it felt was, like life. 
It felt like it felt like what mm-hmm. life is like because you go through all of this really stressful, traumatic stuff, and then you have this moment of like not elation, but like um, where you can breathe. Where you can breathe, but also um, like just this this moment of like uh, feeling accomplished. I feel like the movie really ends, and you you feel a sense of accomplishment for the main character i did at least maybe we were I, watching a different i don't even know like yes yes i just don't i just don't i i, I don't know what to think i, I felt a don't. strong sense of accomplishment like when your favorite team wins a championship mm-hmm. that's what it felt like but i didn't know that i had a favorite team that's right the, like that's the the not the problem with the movie but it maintains you in such a state of tension the whole like from the moment it starts to the moment it ends it's yeah yeah um be ready to do some work yes and there there are some very strong visuals in this movie so yeah Mm -hmm. um next after that is the race chaser episode of hot goss with delta work wow this was capital j journalism (laughs) Like the most compelling piece of media associated with drag race that I think maybe has ever been created. This is a must. If you are a fan of drag race, if you've watched one episode, it's just, it's, it's so good. It's delicious. It just, it also did such a good job of exposing the fuckery of it all. Yes. But, but Delta is so classy. Like, I don't know any other word for it because I think that's like a cheesy word. Mm-hmm. But she is just very much like, yes, I felt this way. But this is like, like there are her emotions and then there's what happened. Right. And she's very like good at separating them. And she does it for the people listening, mm-hmm. which is what I think is so amazing because I feel like that's very hard to do. Right. You know, not that you're going to start, you know, changing history, but you let your interpretation of what happened dictate your memory of what actually happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. She didn't let her, she did not let the listener get lost in her feelings. Mm -hmm. It's like, cause she kept bringing it back to fact. Yeah. This is what was said. And then this is what actually, you know, took place, took place after they said this. And then they said that. Right. Um, and it was really kind of heartbreaking at times to be quite honest with you, to listen to her talking about it because, she is talented mm-hmm. and she's so professional and yeah. good at what she does that to have something like this almost undermine that after so many years of her being in the game, it was just really like sad to listen to. Yeah. For me anyway. Yeah. Um, Especially given that she won an Emmy last year mm-hmm. for her work on the show. Yeah. You'd think that they, they would want to elevate her a little bit mm-hmm. given that she just helped them win an award, but that's Mm-mm. i mean that's that's not who yeah. runs this show unfortunately mm-hmm. they don't really um they don't they don't they consider people family but they only consider them family from a manipulative standpoint mm-hmm. and so that's why you should always always question the motives of a person who says oh we're just a big you know if you start a job and they're like oh we're just a big you know dysfunctional family here always question that because right. when you when when family is brought up at a job it's for manipulative purposes only mm-hmm. so keep that in mind yeah um okay we've got three more uh next on the list is the movie hustlers which was fun i would say um the movie was sadder than i thought it was going to be 
that really bothered me. Yeah, it really did. Because of the way it was, <laughs> it's it's it, it's the marketing of the movie. Yeah, that that because it made me feel like it was going to be this like you know like strippers like I don't know strippers strippers Jesus Christ stripper treat stripper treat uh <laughs> you know like Robin Hood strippers great this sounds like fun. J-Lo's in it, Cardi B's in it, Constance Wu's in it, so on and so forth. Lizzo. Lizzo's in it. Amazing. And it was a very good movie, but it took a very serious turn that I wasn't expecting it to. Because yeah. I didn't read anything about the movie ahead of time, nor had I read the article that it's based on, which is actually very interesting. Um, but it was really an amazing movie. Yeah. Like, in, in spite of like the marketing kind of throwing me off a little bit. Um, it was a really good movie. Yeah. I'm confused about the Oscar buzz for J Lo. I feel like the Oscar buzz should be for Constance Wu. What are we doing here? Yeah. Like she's she's the she one was in the movie more. She was in the well. she was in the movie. Well, obviously, if if J Lo did get an Oscar nomination, it would be for supporting. Um, and that's not to take a, take that away from her at all. I think if they want to nominate her, girl, do you? But uh, I think that Constance Wu was really showing her acting chops in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think she deserves something. Yeah, she disappeared into that role. She really did. I forgot that that was her and not just because of the, you know, styling or anything like that. Right. Um, but if there were an award for entrances, JLo gets that award in this movie. True. Because that was like beyond phenomenal. Yeah. How she entered this movie. Um, the next thing on our list is a movie called Paradise Hills, which actually hasn't been released in theaters yet. We were able to see a special screening of it uh, ahead of time. And I'm confused. Okay, the reason it's on this list, it is by no means a good movie. Okay, no, it's bad. I just it's pretty bad. But it's bad because of the script. Mm-hmm. But visually, it is very beautiful. And the themes or the the um Basically, the movie is about uh, empowering women. Um, so there's that element, too. It also has a like a nice, big, expensive cast, if I mm-hmm. can say that. Um, it's uh, Mila, jo- Mila Jovovich, Emma Roberts, Aquafina, and then I'm losing the rest of the people. I know there the were other... From Dumplin, isn't it? Yes. But like those three names that I just mentioned, those are big paychecks yeah. right there. Mm-hmm. And I have seen zero promotion for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a movie that was uh, directed by a, uh, a woman from Spain. And uh, this is her... She's actually working on another project right, right now. This is her first uh, film, or her first feature film, rather. Um, and like I said, the movie is gorgeous. It's it's stunning. It's Money. Money went into the visuals for this movie, for sure. It was... It's essentially about a facility where they send women to us, like reprogram them so that they're more um, palatable, palatable to their husbands, I guess. Their husbands and, and families, too, right? Which is the kind of the scary part. I mean, it was all scary, but right? Yeah, it's like um, a Stepford wife factory, exactly. Um, so I don't know. I I just I want people to know about this movie because I feel like this movie should do well and should have a lot of promotion, but I've seen nothing. And it's set to be released at the end of October. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand. Where's the promotion for this movie? You, yeah, it's non-existent. You might want to make your money back, possibly. I don't know. Um, there's also a really a really cool scene uh, with uh, Emma Roberts where she is being like brainwashed on a, um, a carousel horse. Mm-hmm. 
that's like hoisted 20 feet into the air and she's being shown uh, like a, a clip reel mm-hmm. as to why her husband is a good person. And it's essentially just like she's wrapped in a bubble of a, like of a projection. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's terrifying. It's like a terrifying, the, the, the stuff that happens to these women in this movie is terrifying. Yeah. Um, but the, the movie itself and the, the themes and what ends up happening, it's all, it's all a good concept. And I hope that there is a sequel to this movie because I really enjoyed the concepts that they introduced. So last on this list is our good friend, Miss Jade was on the shade parade this week. And the conversation was rich and layered and important. So I would love for everyone to go and listen to that episode and, uh, and to support our, our podcasting sisters over at the shade parade because they're they're doing good work so you should be supporting them (laughs) um and also support miss jade she's got new merch and and it's at her website Mm missjade.com so go and buy merch so i would like to introduce a new segment the new segment is called pettiness and let's cue that music my pettiness is killing me and i so pettiness is my way of relieving of of uh relieving some of the I guess relieving some of the tension, right? Providing some comic relief uh during what is probably going to be the longest impeachment proceedings w- this country has ever seen because mm-hmm. it already feels long. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we've been waiting for him to get impeached since he was voted into office like the very next day. Right. Um, but, um, basically what I've decided is, so the, the point of pettiness is obviously to be petty, uh, but it's also to laugh at something where the internet has decided to make fun of something that, uh, is related to the current, uh, political administration. And, um, and this week the article I chose is, okay, so... Trump in 2011 tweeted that Barney Frank looked disgusting, nipples protruding in his blue shirt before Congress. Very, very disrespectful, right? So uh, tweets this um, this out with a photo, and um, and then recently the internet decided <laughs> to. So recently Ivanka Trump had to go and speak before Congress, and she was also wearing a blue shirt. And um, and her nipples were visible. And so the Internet decided to do a who wore it best side by side, which tickled me. And so I figured that I would share with all of you. And that's kind of it. That's that's pettiness. (laughs) So um, I hope you like it. (laughs) Um, What's next? Oh, my God. Um, So we have a, a listener email this week it's not necessarily a question um but one of our listeners wrote in in response to a conversation that we had about uh religion a few weeks ago so uh canadian mom writes hi guys i just had to say that it completely hurts my heart to hear the harm that most churches do there are some good ones around though my minister is an out and proud lesbian her office is covered in rainbows and her church has many gay and lesbian families who get married have their children christened and have active roles in the church we don't go to church as much as we should these days but when my kids were younger were younger we went more 
I can't tell you how I felt when my daughter told us she was gay. It wasn't one of those situations where we knew ahead of time. I felt so fortunate that we had an amazing, smart, successful woman like our minister all right in our lives so she, who she could turn to for support and encouragement. Our church and minister are doing really good things for the L- for LGBTQ families, um, although we wish we weren't the exception. But there is a reality out there where Christians and LGBTQ are not mutually exclusive. And I really um, thank you, Canadian Mom, for uh, writing in with this because I think that it um, it is important to share stories like this. Because while, like me personally, I'm not religious or feel tied to any particular establishment, um, I realize that it is important for a lot of people um, to be connected to some sort of organized religion or faith and that being, um, you know, a, a queer person, an LGBTQ person, um, that can almost feel at odds with your, you know, your gender identity, your sexuality. Um, and so I hope that, you know, the churches in general kind of get the message more and more and that there are more safe religious spaces for uh, people in our community like there are in yours. So thank you. I agree. And I think that, you know, I have a, I have an aunt who's very religious and I recognize that her experience with religion is very helpful to her. You know, she, um, she is uh, essentially a single widow and uh, she, she gets peace, like she gets a sense of peace from from her um, her religion and from going to church and and the community that um, that exists in her church. So I recognize that for her, she's actually getting something out of it, and I see the good that comes from from you know from other people uh, having a good relationship with their religion or with the community that that comes from uh, these like houses of worship that they that they frequent. Um, my thing is I worry about it when it becomes, uh, like a brainwashing situation where, um, facts get muddled. And so, uh, that, that has been my experience essentially. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't have the best view of it. I've, I've wanted to for, for years, I, I wanted to try and, and maybe find, um, I don't know, just to find a, find a more, um, fulfilling, I guess, denomination for, for myself, whether I, you know, became a Methodist or I don't, I don't know. I just, I wanted to look outside of Catholicism Mm -hmm. and, um, I don't know. It just, it didn't really do anything for me. I would rather be learning how to, you know, how to patch up drywall or something. I don't know. I just, I, I, there's, to me, there, there's no, I, I don't really see the benefit for myself, but I'm happy that, uh, that for a lot of folks and and specifically for Canadian mom that it was uh, it was helpful mm-hmm. to her in uh in navigating her daughter coming out as a as a lesbian yeah. so that's awesome that's the future right there yeah like that's what that's it's, it it's should so be important yeah you know? uh, regardless of which side you know you're on yeah. in terms of those things but exactly absolutely. well that brings us to the end of another episode we are grizzly kiki on everything that means facebook twitter and instagram so follow us there you can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com and maybe we'll read yours on the air and don't forget to subscribe on itunes and spotify and wherever you're listening to this podcast (laughs) until next time bye. bye